0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at dcaureview.com. Now, here's today's episode.
1: Welcome, everybody, to episode 58 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam. With me, as always, is Cal. And, Cal, we are smack dab in the middle of the month of June, running through some of some different episodes of Superman the Animated Series, unlike with our Batman shows, we don't go in order, so we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but this episode kind of stood out to us. It is the episode, Where There's Smoke.
0: Yeah, so
1: we have an introduction of Volcana,
0: who uh, I've learned today is a character that was created specifically by Bruce M. Paldini for this show, and It uh, also introduces another thread that will continue later on in Justice League Unlimited and Justice League, and that being Project Cadmus. Yes. Which, of course, plays a huge role in the later seasons of Justice League Unlimited. So, uh, very important to the DCAU here. We're, We're... kind of uncovering some things here you know it didn't even dawn on me that this was the first first episode with yeah. that so, so a lot of superman laid a lot of groundwork for some important important really impactful stories that were told later
1: on in justice league yeah absolutely and this yeah, as you mentioned this is sort of our first uh, they don't actually say the name Cadmus obviously but they the it's sort of our first inclination that the government is sort of funding research and and sort of turning people with powers into their own sort of private weapons and uh we find out here that sort of this shadowy uh you know uh dark agency is has used uh this character Volcana as a as an assassin as a potentially as a thief over the years and and when we meet her she's sort of broken i guess broken free of their control and is sort of trying to live as a as a criminal and is uh, is stealing which sort of puts her in direct conflict with superman
0: well before we go there do you have an episode synopsis for us liam
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes i do (laughs) i have the official episode synopsis or at least the episode synopsis on imdb and that episode synopsis reads as such while hunting the pyrokinetic supervillainous Volcana, Superman learns of a mysterious organization that's seeking her as well. Which is, in fact, what happens.
0: It, it, they are to the point. <laughs> they don't mess around in those synopsis. Absolutely not. But Synopsi.
1: But yeah, as we sort of have this initial scene where Clark and Jimmy are covering this yacht club event. Volcana shows up to steal some ship
0: <laughs> merchandise <laughs> some yacht things some
1: yacht stuff yes and uh, of course it has a brief fight with superman clark kent goes back after i guess after it's become a police scene and uh runs
0: into the president from 24 right
1: dennis, yeah the tv's dennis Habert uh, tells him to, to basically to bug off and that it's uh, that give him some sort of lame excuse as to why he can't investigate further uh, he's then followed by an, another agent that's dressed like a homeless man, and sort of you start to unravel. So I did like that they give you a little bit of Clark Kent being the investigator, a little bit more of Superman using his brain a little bit more in this one.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. My first thought was as he goes after after this incident happens, he doesn't go back. If, Batman, or if Bruce Wayne was there at an incident like this where there's an explosion... There is no question that he goes back at night dressed as Batman yes he's going back as Batman he's gonna he's gonna wait until somebody's not looking duck in do his investigation and duck out yeah without ever being seen Clark Kent. Does not go back as Superman, no. which he could have. He could have gone back and busted open a window and done his own investigation. Sure. But instead he shows up as Clark Kent, the reporter. Because <laughs> why? Because he has an actual day job and that he likes to do. Yeah. And he's there to do his investigation. Because not only is he interested as Superman, but he's interested as Clark Kent, who is the predominant, uh, really the predominant alter ego of, yeah. of the two between between Superman and Clark. So he is Clark Kent. Who turns into Superman, not as opposed to Batman, who turn you know, who
1: daylights Put, as Bruce right, Wayne. Right, puts on the facade of, uh, of of Bruce Wayne when he has to. Yeah. Right. So Superman likes being Clark Kent. He likes being an investigative reporter.
0: We have talked about that before. Yeah, but
1: that's that's a cool di- cool dynamic in that. But no, I,
0: I I did notice that. I thought that was interesting, and it, and I appreciated it too because he does a lot of investigative work as as Clark. He then goes to this paranormal. It's sort of like, I guess, the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters yes. in the in the DCAU. He goes to this school uh, that he did. did. He did they say how he found out that this school existed? I
1: guess he did some research. He googled.
0: Yeah, he used the Google machine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he he shows up at this paranormal research school for youngsters and begins doing some investigating. He finds out that the government is part of the funding for it. While they're there. He, the, this guy that, that is the only known as the director of the facility is, uh, taken away and attacked sort of he, he has to run away scared and clark witnesses this intimidation that these government agents are doing and trying to yeah. trying to take him away all because they're trying to get to volcana they want to know where volcana is and they think this guy can provide it so he eventually divulges some information superman realizes that this government agency isn't directly the government it's a sort of a rogue agent operating outside of the government's scope of yeah for his own personal
1: gain i guess yeah sort of, is it wait do they ever tell you like is it first personal gain it's it's not exactly clear at the end it's sort of said that they they are reclaiming once they recapture volcana they they're saying they're going to sell her to a foreign government who wants to do experiments on people with powers i see so whether or not at that point it's it was at one point sort of a, a, a like a an actual government like black ops team and now they're just in it purely to profit off of these these metahumans like that isn't completely made clear but it is it is said that she, you know she kind of asks like oh who do, you, who do you want me to kill now and he goes actually I'm just gonna sell you and uh, that's that's kind of it and then Superman shows up to save the day and as, as we're getting uh, finishing up our plot here the ending of this episode is one of like the most jarring and just weird Wait, so Volcana goes to confront the the director, the he's Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. He's Nick right. Fury. Literally almost literally he's a a brown-haired man, the uh, the original Nick Fury, not Samuel L. Jackson version. Right. Um it's a, you know, brown-haired man with a with a strong jaw and an eye patch working for a shadowy government organization. With a so. chin, chin cleft. <laughs> yes, so it's it's very very clearly just Nick Fury. But anyway, so she confronts this guy, Kurt. No, he's not. It's Kurt. Right. His name's Kurt. Kurt Fury. Uh (laughs) Kurt, no last name, but definitely Fury. It's definitely
0: Fury. It's Fury's brother. But
1: anyway, so she's she's confronting Kurt and appears like she's about to kill him. Superman intervenes. There's an explosion that she causes. And then immediately after the explosion, it cuts to Superman bringing her food on a desert island and they sort of have like a throwaway line about how like she didn't he didn't take her to prison because i guess the prison wouldn't have been able to hold her or or something and 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 they sort of have like a cute little like flirtation and then he flies away and she watches the sunset so it's just a super bizarre way to end this episode and, like, you would think there would at least be some dialogue where he's like, well, because you were abused and used by the government, I didn't think you deserved to go to prison or something. Because, like, clearly, right, like, Superman made a moral choice to not arrest this woman, right? Like,
0: Right, but here's my problem with that, right? He, she, when she goes to confront this guy, and eventually she has him right where she wants him, and she's about to kill him, Superman says... Let the justice system decide, right? Yes. He's a big proponent, truth, justice in the American way. Right. Right. Let the justice system take care of it. That's what that's what any good superhero would say. Gotta put him through let him have a trial. Let them convict him. That's how we do it in America. So, she doesn't do that. She ends up... She doesn't directly then just kill him, but she ends up doing something that kills him, likely. It's... Yes. It's it's intimated that he is killed, along with a lot of other people, and they were bad people. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they were bad guys. But, a lot of people are killed. Yes. Superman doesn't do to her what he suggests that she do to Kurt Fury. Right. Which is let the justice system handle it. Superman decides... He's martial law and he's deciding that she's not going to
1: prison. She's going to right. an island to serve her time. Right. And if like if it was addressed why he made that decision, or like yes, like he sort of has a conflicting opinion because yes, this is what I've always believed, but this woman was sort of used and abused by you know the governing body that i've sort of always tried to uphold and so he's conflicted about it and he sort of chooses to let her go at the end that would kind of be one thing well, what
0: if maggie sawyer shows up to the scene at the end like you know metropolis pd shows up or there's right. unnamed unnamed government agent who shows up and it's like we're taking her away to you know put her away we're gonna do the and Superman says I'm not willing to stand here and watch you put her through experiments or Maggie Sawyer's like there's no way we can handle her at at Metropolis PD or you know wherever they're gonna take her so Superman's like I'll handle it don't worry I'll take care of her and they come to some agreement that way but just for Superman to have that throwaway line where he's like well, I could have taken you to Metropolis Women's Prison, but instead, you're here on this island. It's just it's weird.
1: Yes, it's it's just a very bizarre and the fact that it happens so quickly from the explosion to like it's 9 seconds later we're on the island chatting about peanut butter. So, it's it's just very bizarre. I get plot it again, this is a very it's I wouldn't say it's a bad episode and like you said at the start of the show it it has building blocks for sort of the future of the DCAU so it is important. Mm-hmm. I give it five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like I so I there's elements of it I like and I think if the ending was better I would have given it a much higher score. I might you know, this might be in the seven or eight range. But because of the weird ending and sort of the, the non resolution of why it happened this way, I, I, I think that brought my score down a little bit. Uh, I gave it a 6 out of 10, and
0: agree with you completely, surprisingly. We're very <laughs> agreeable. Agreeable, guys. We're not just brothers. We we agree a lot also. That's true. But I think there's one additional plot device that we missed, and then we'll move on to our next category. Four words, Jimmy Olsen's masturbatory habits. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> music? Shall we talk Music. <laughs> Yeah, no there's a there's a throwaway line at the beginning where Jimmy's taking pictures at this yacht club event and Clark mentions something about how just because volcano walks into the room and Jimmy's taking pictures of her and there's mumblings and it's clearly it's like a 1930s ah oh, there's yes. a woman who just walked in the room look yeah see and uh, very much like pretty poison where poison yes. ivy's leaving the room <laughs> that
1: dame's a real knockout uh,
0: right they're, yeah so they're, they're, the room is suddenly a buzz because this attractive woman walked <laughs> in the room and Jimmy's taking pictures and Clark mentions how it's not necessarily newsworthy that this attractive woman is there and Jimmy mentions that it's. For his own private collection.
1: Oof. Blew. All right. Gross. It's just cartoon. Wanted, just wanted if you just wanted to know.
0: Yep. Now we know.
1: We know what Jimmy Olsen cranks it to. <laughs> You're welcome, <laughs> children. This is a family show. Next! Uh, Next category, right. please. Yeah, moving on to our music here. I really don't have much to say. <laughs> First of all, how would we ever top our plot discussion here? But, uh, really, there isn't a lot to talk about with music. Nope, there isn't. Um, there's a little bit in sort of the initial fight in in the Yacht Club between Superman and Volcana, and there's some you know sort of incidental music in the end when she's confronting Kurt and, and Superman shows up. But it's not... There's not any really sort of, like, grand villain theme for Volcana, at least not one that was noticeable. And, uh, yeah, I I gave music 4 out of 10 just because I didn't... I thought it could have used a little bit of something, and you always, you know, we always talk about that with Batman, and even with something like Metallo's uh, theme or or Brainiac, like the weird little, like, techno refrain that plays when Brainiac shows up. Mm -hmm. Like, could have used a little something there, and we don't really get that with Volcana.
0: I am right on board with you. I think, for all those reasons, it's my my favorite line. There's nothing offensive about the music in this episode, <laughs> yeah. but nothing stands out as, oh, that was really, really great. There's some Superman refrain, of course. We get the classic mm-hmm. Superman refrain. Um, middle of the road, 5 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, from there, we can move on to our visuals. For me, Cal, visuals were definitely the, the strongest uh, part of this episode for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they did uh, an excellent job. From the, uh, the just the the lighting effects that they use when she's using her powers, I think are really really well done. Uh, the the initial fight in the yacht club is sort of all illuminated in this orange light, it's it's just interesting to see you know different different color different color palette used than you're used to, and using that very unique uh, power style to, to kind of give this episode its own unique visual look. Uh, some cool, like, uh, very classic Superman stuff, where he puts out a fire by grabbing a giant propeller, and, uh, spinning really fast, and throwing, and getting, you know, throwing water at a, at a building on fire, and, uh, yeah, I like, I, I really enjoyed this episode visually, I really liked the way they visualized, uh, Volcana's powers. I liked the look. You mentioned that the uh, all of the agents basically just look like Hydra agents.
0: Yeah, clearly they were just like we're going to write Hydra and Nick Fury yeah. into this episode. So.
1: Yeah, so they there's a lot of yeah. But I, I like the look of uh, like the government agents' guns and, mm-hmm. and stuff. They they did a lot, good, a lot of good design work, and I thought a lot of good uh, a lot of good color coloration and. I thought it was well animated. The, uh, the director of this episode was Dan Reba, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a really excellent job. Yeah, I think it was really good. I think that,
0: that opening scene where there's uh, fire is such a hard thing to, to animate, mm-hmm. especially I think, you know, we talked about the difference between when digital animation took over. Now it's a little bit easier to computer generate yeah. some what fire looks like in animation. Back then, it's all hand-drawn, and it... If you if you watch some of the old Max Fleischer Superman episodes, which if you've never watched those, go back and watch them. I oh, can't absolutely. encourage you enough to do that. But there's in cartoons or if you watch Bugs Bunny or anything like that, like sometimes fire looks super hokey and mm-hmm. it's super inconsistent and spotty and
1: Or like it'll be looped where it's just like right. it's dancing kind of the exact same way over and over again and yep. looks like a gift.
0: So it's it's hard. It's it's hard. it's a hard thing to because fire in itself is so it doesn't maintain a certain pattern. That's right. why that's it's so right. random. It's random. That's why when you have something that's drawn, and you would have to make it super random to look to look right. But I think they did in that opening scene. There's a whole scene where the boat's on fire. Superman's in the fire. He's looking through the fire. He sees like the shadow of Volcana as she's stealing the the stuff, the yeah. boat <laughs> stuff. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think they did a great job of animating that scene. I agree with you that the animation was was really really strong. I think there's some great opportunities. Superman looking up in a building, to, using his X-ray vision when he sees the director being threatened by the government agents. Even the containment thing that they had her in at the very end—the yeah. little bubble that they had her in—was a was a like cool idea. Like, yeah. oh, she needs oxygen to create fire, so we're only, only going to give her enough oxygen to to breathe in, uh, you know, to breathe. Uh, nothing more. Yeah. So, really, really cool idea. I even like the look of of Kurt slash Nick Fury. Like, he's he looks cool. Looks like yeah. A, looks like a double-crossing government agent. A lot of guys in suits in this episode. Yeah, so it, it was very of...
1: much it was the G-men. Like it was very yeah. uh, again very uh, 19, 1940s, forties nineteen thirties. You know, full suits and fedoras and
0: yep. Uh, so it, to make that interesting enough for you to to hold your attention throughout the whole the whole episode. Plus volcanic you know the the character design of Volcano, as We mentioned this is a design that was created by this team for this specific series... So, you know, the character itself is a creation from scratch. It's a cool look. Her, you know, her long flowing fiery red hair. Yeah. You know, her, her, her costume when she's first introduced with the jacket and the, the dress underneath of yeah. it. Just, just a good look overall.
1: That's, no, hair has been one of your, uh, your refrains. Sometimes when they try to do different, <laughs> or try to do unique hairstyles. I know you're not always a fan of that. It's just um, when it's in the face. Yes. or That, that Bang, single strand. Right. Oh, that single <laughs> right. strand of hair. Now, Comb-overs or bangs are generally not, uh, but I, yeah, the way her hair sort of, you know, is like poofy on top and then sort of rolls down, it looks like fire. Like, I'm sure that's very intentional, but yep. it was, yeah. it was a cool design choice, I thought. Yeah, I
0: gave animation, because of how strong it was, I gave it 8 out of 10.
1: <laughs> and I also gave, uh, uh, visuals and animation 8 out of 10. Uh, we didn't talk about this before. Absolutely, we never discussed we scores. We share the same blood, though. That's absolutely true, but, uh. Yeah, like I said, I think definitely the, the strongest part of the episode, and if nothing else about this episode is like super memorable, I think the, the visuals of it will stick with me uh, for quite a while. Certainly. And moving on to our final category here, we have, of course, our voice acting players. We have the main guest star of the episode. We have Perry Gilpin as Volcana. It's her debut episode... She's probably most famously known as... Uh, she's the girlfriend on Frasier.
0: Roz, yeah. She's... Uh, yeah, if you ever watched an episode of Frasier, you know exactly who she is. She worked worked at the radio station. She's like... I think he's producer or something. Okay. At the radio station that Frasier Crane works at. And then eventually a love interest. And I, I don't know how that... I never watched the full series. I don't know yeah. if they resol- what that resolved with, but she was always like a will-they-won't-they they, re- love interest for Frasier also. So... Yeah, she's she does a. I think she does a great job. She's obviously supposed to be a, a seductive. She uses her her you know fe, uh, her her feminine sexuality yes. right from the get go, and she's supposed to be this vixen type character. And I think she her voice plays to that very very well. Her her you know the sultry tone of her voice I think is is communicated well. Um, it's a little weird in that last certainly <laughs> where they she goes for this dynamic of being. Who she is, and then she's flirting. Superman, her flirting at the end, as we already talked yeah. about. But I think she she does a
1: pretty good job of of the performance that she does here. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's 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 a pretty unique type of villain for Superman. Like there aren't a lot. Not that he doesn't ever fight other other women, um, but it's like this type, like you said, the the vixen, like the you know the the femme fatale type. Who really you know weaponizes that sexuality and, and stuff like that is is pretty unique there and I thought I thought yeah I thought she did a really good job uh, of uh, of kind of helping to communicate that but
0: uh, we also had a couple other uh, famous TV show no actors. kidding
1: we no. had uh, we have, of course we, as you mentioned earlier in the show Dennis Haysbert the uh, the president from twenty four. You would also know him from uh, saying uh, saying that's Allstate stand. Yep, he's on, the Allstate uh, guy. Allstate guy on commercials. As he was just sort of a random agent in this episode. He doesn't even have a name in the credits.
0: Agent number one, right?
1: But uh, he's one of the, the guy who kind of initially uh, intimidates Clark Kent or tries to when uh, when Clark goes to investigate. We have uh, Peter Gallagher as as yes. as Kurt Fury. Yeah, um, of
0: the OC, one of my favorite shows growing up oh yeah one of my favorite shows and still enjoy it it's goofy and super over the top Bat terrible acting in that but he was <laughs> he was the only good actor really That's in fair. that entire show so it was interesting to see his name come up
1: yeah and uh, as you pointed out to me we were talking the the director who doesn't really have a real name the director of the the school for gifted youngsters for lack of a better term uh, Chubby Professor X. Right, uh, you were like, "Man, that that voice sounds familiar." And then, like a minute later, after he kept talking, you're like, "I think that's William H. Macy." And sure enough, uh, William H. Macy as the director here in this episode.
0: Yeah, so he made his. He was in the well, it was Batman the second, Beyond. Batman Beyond, the second Ink episode, yes. right? And he he played and and I didn't necessarily think his performance there was anything it was I felt like his lines were delivered pretty robotic for my recollection yeah. I think he does a good job in this he he plays this director he's you know he's worried he knows that this government agency is after him he's trying to hide something but he plays I think he does does a decent job here he had he had a little bit more opportunity to put some personality in his voice but yeah it was it was interesting that that I it sounded like him and then to see it at the end it's like oh okay I got my ears still there that's cool
1: yeah so that's uh yeah so overall, we can get into our scores here. I gave voice acting seven out of ten. <laughs> I think it's i think it's it's good it's not you know the greatest performances of anyone. I think Tim Daly does a solid job as as Superman here he has a little more range to play with because he's as we mentioned he's he's investigative Clark Kent for a lot of this episode, and then he sort of has to. When he's confronting the the, the government, uh, when he's confronting Kurt and the rest of the government agents at the end, he's he's very like sort of righteously angry, uh, you know, at the idea that the government would be exploiting people with powers and, and taking advantage of them in this way. And I think that's a, I think he does a good job there. But yeah, I went with seven out of ten, and based on your laughter, I'm guessing uh, you may have come to something similar.
0: I also gave the exact same score of seven out of ten <laughs> uh, for all of the reasons we already mentioned. It's strong. It's good. I think I think that there's enough nuance in, a, in certain voices for it to be okay. there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue or that I think that was asked of the only thing I, I think that as far as Volcana could have done a better job at was being a little more emotional I think she yeah. comes across she comes across as if she's supposed to be this fiery individual you know you associate fire with the hot temper and being angry and she when she's kind of, she has Kurt at the very end there. She could have really done some, used some like an emotional spectrum, like yeah. really like finally I got my hands on you and I'm going to do this and it and it's different, but it's not as passionate. It doesn't come across yeah. as authentic, I think, um, in that way. So seven out of ten. Yep. So yeah, final um, scores,
1: right? Yeah, it looks like we're getting around for our final scores here. My total, as I'm adding them all up here, comes to twenty four out of forty.
0: Mine's a tad higher. I went with twenty six out of forty, but definitely in the same neighborhood there. Um, I guess now we talk about rewatchability, Liam. Yeah,
1: um, for me, I would say because of what we mentioned—the building blocks of uh, you know the government being involved with superpowered characters. This is kind of a cool retroactive. Uh, beginning of that story arc mm-hmm. we see it continued with the uh, when we meet the royal flush gang the version that shows up in justice league in the joker episode and obviously through uh, as we mentioned with uh, all the cadmus stuff in justice league unlimited so and because volkana is i think a pretty memorable character she shows up a couple more times in this series as well as in justice league and justice league unlimited i think it's worth a watch i would I would say slightly disagree. I'm not not going to okay. call it the full disagreement okay. alarm,
0: but I would slightly disagree. I would say it's not a must watch um, because they don't necess- they don't specifically say this is Cadmus. It's a retroactive Easter egg, as yeah. we like to call them, where they've tied it back into the story afterwards. Sure, I don't. Th- they do a good enough job explaining it in Justice League Unlimited, what Cadmus is, why they're there, they do enough exposition to explain, and then tie this back in. So so I wouldn't say it's, it's not a must-watch. It's not a bad episode. So if you're looking for a, an episode that is decent or you just want to watch something that's different this is it didn't feel like a a typical superman story i think a lot of it takes place inside and at night i think that might have something to do with it (laughs) too but inside at night so it's different enough where sure if you want to pop it in like we just came to the decision we were looking at it and we're like hey yeah we'll watch this episode yeah but I, i wouldn't say it's 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 not because of the way they tie it into the story later on. It's not a must must watch. But if you're interested in going back and like, oh, I want to watch everything that has to do with Cadmus,
1: then sure, you're going to watch this episode. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that's a fair that's a fair point, but. Uh... Yeah, I think that will begin to wrap us up here. You will. Thank you for so much for listening. We always appreciate that. And you can find all of our past episodes at dcaureview.com. dot The archives up there. Cal set it up where you can search by category, by show, by villain, by lots of different categories. So you can uh, you can find every single episode we've done.
0: I guess I'm going to have to set up a Cadmus uh, yeah, category now because this, cause is this is the, the, the unofficial official opening of Cadmus, so you'll be able to, once we ca- cover those Cadmus episodes down the line... And we'll be able to to go back and hey, I'm, I want to know more about Cadmus. Let me find every episode where that Cadmus has been. Yeah, talking if,
1: about. It, if, if, if this is definitely as you mentioned, if you're if you're doing the deep dive DCAU timeline type stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is definitely part of that that saga. But yeah, definitely head to DCAUreview.com, Check out our past episodes. You can also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes as well as the Google Podcast app if you are a non Apple user and uh if you have i know it's a little bit of a hassle but if you could leave us a five-star review that does really help us immensely it, it helps bump our show up in like search algorithms and stuff yeah we got so, a few up
0: there now which is kind of cool yeah it's that's cool that's m- very that. much
1: appreciate that, yeah, thank you to um, that and of course you can always interact with me on twitter at dcau review give us your thoughts on this episode on uh well, on how how do you feel about them uh, this uh, this sort of beginning sort of retroactively beginning the Cadmus arc? How do you feel about Volcana as a character? Do you think she was underutilized in the series? Would love to hear any feedback on that, as well as uh, what you think we should be reviewing next. We're uh, we're starting to get towards the uh, the end of the month of June here. We have a couple more weeks of Superman, and then we'll be uh, moving on to our next uh, our next month of reviews. So uh, definitely excited to get our feedback there. But until next week, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.